As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Sign up Slovenia, cool as hell. He scores the ball and he rebounds well. Don't fight the the future is Luca. The timing sucks because the Mavs are ass. But did you see his no look pass? Whoa! Don't fight the future. The future is Luca. This is 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The only Mavericks podcast that never gets called out for anything. It's not total bullshit. It's not cap. Man. I'm just saying, like, the podcast has an impeccable record. I'm Tim Cato. I'd rather talk about the Mavericks. I've got Austin Gruya. Uh, it's been a few weeks, man. It's been it's been a great few weeks. It's been a great few weeks not watching the Dallas Mavericks be terrible. Does does the fact that the podcast never gets called out, does that just mean that nobody listens, or does it mean that uh, we just have perfect, perfect opinions? I'm going with perfect opinions. I, 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 I know that so we – Yeah, I, I think we have absolutely perfect opinions. I think everyone just enjoys yeah, my, it. My writing, flawed, incorrect, uh, shouldn't read it, um, really heretical if you really think about it. Oh, man, don't read me writing words. But when I say them, angelic, beautiful, perfect, just, you know, it's it's everything It's everything that, that you, you guys need. So It's an unimpeachable podcast. Yeah. I, I, I told this story somewhere else, but, like, I literally uh, – didn't know I had like seven people send me that that Christian Wood tweet, which I assume was about a very nondescript article, all things considered. You know, I just I, you know I wrote on Monday and I confirmed a few things, but a lot of them were things that we assumed, and apparently uh, that was the that broke the the camel's back, if you will, or, or something to that extent. But I don't know. I don't even know if it was about me. So. What if we just assume it wasn't? Maybe he was talking about, uh, you know, some. Maybe, maybe he was like just big, and maybe Christian Wood had just read like uh, The Economist and was like, "This analysis of uh, uh, crypto is just completely wrong." You think he's trying to like, get a, a handle on the global economy, seeing that he might be living overseas next year? <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> our podcast is now going to get called out. Thank you, Austin. Um. <laughs> 
So I think one reason we haven't really recorded uh, since the season ended is that it feels like there's not a lot to talk about. Like there is and there isn't, you know what I mean? Um, Like we all know, I I think usually after a season, I would do a lot of like, let's look back on the season. Let's at least like, you know, what did we learn? Let's talk about the highlights. Let's talk about what, you know, the best moments were. I don't think anybody wants to do that after this, right? No. You, you you flush it. You just you light it on fire and you and you move forward. No yeah. no one wants to relive it or rehash it. We we all lived it. We saw it. It was bad. And then we could we could talk about the offseason to come, but uh there's there's a bit of uh pessimism about that. You know, it's not it's not one of those fun off seasons where it's like, let's scout all the draft picks because the team doesn't even know whether they have their draft pick. There's a lot of buzz, um, you know, I haven't specifically reported this, but of course they're going to consider trading that uh, 10th overall pick, assuming they get the 10th overall pick. Um, I think that's that's one thing that that we should talk about. Um, but let's let's say this. So, dear listener, um, if you don't follow me on Twitter uh, or subscribe to The Athletic, or just maybe you just haven't seen this, uh, I'm doing a Mavericks fan exit survey. And I would love for anybody listening to this who does not know of this, to go to my Twitter or go to theathletic.com and fill out this Google form. Um, how many responses do we have right now? I can tell you it's it's close to 1,500, and I bet we can get to 2,000, somewhere over that. On this episode, we are not going to talk about the results. I'm going to be publishing those on Monday, and then uh, you know maybe we will record next week and talk about what those results actually are, just trying to get a pulse of the fandom. But I think it'd be fun to go over the questions. Some of them do involve the draft pick. And just me and you talking about what questions were most interested in them, how we would go about answering them. And I'll let you I'll let you start. I know you've just been kind of looking through this thing. Uh, a lot of them are player grades. And I do think some of the grades for players are trickier, especially because the way I chose to frame the question was um you know grade this player season based on the expectations you had for them and there's going to be some um you know baked into those results are going to be fans and voters who had different expectations for certain players but i like making it about the fan and what each individual feels because this is really about like this is really about giving the fans a larger voice to contribute to um, and, and it should be about how they feel one way or the other about a player. And so a lot of those are just graded questions, but there, there's a few others. What, what sticks out for you as, as you look through this, this survey that I'm running? You know, I think maybe probably the most interesting one, the one that's probably going to get a lot of, there's, you're going to see a lot of variance on as far as the answers go or ranking the, uh, Ranking the factors for the reasons for the disappointing season. So whether it's one through four, and first is the players, then ownership, front office, coaching, and trying to decide who's at most uh, to blame for this. Now, personally, I would say yes. I would just say... <laughs> I would say this is a, a full-hearted, we all own this failure. Everyone everyone failed. Everyone, No one did their best. No one can come away with their hands clean out of that situation. Everyone from top to bottom, when you have a season that's that disappointing and you don't even make the play-in as a team with 
lots of expectations that went to the conference finals, you failed. That's an, a full organizational failure. Uh, you, you know what's funny about that? Yeah. So I thought about different ways to ask this question, and I chose basically basically ranked choice voting is, is functionally what I what I landed on. But I'd considered what if I just separate into four questions and you rank one to five, how much are these to blame? Uh, and I actually was talking to our good for Chase, uh, once friend of the podcast. We should have him on. But uh, Chase, who has kind of a background in, in data and numbers, and I was I was talking to him about this. And I we both decided that a lot of people would just answer five on all four of them. Yes. And I think what's interesting is trying to order the blame. Like, like if I gave you a binary, you know, I guess not binary, but, uh, you know, a one to five ranking, because of the failure, so many people would err towards, you know, they're, they're all equally culpable. And so really forcing people to think through, all right, if I had to order this in one way or the other, what order would I put it in? I find that fascinating. And from an early re- look at the results um, teaser, I find that the, the results so far very, very interesting. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like, like, is it, you know, when this season itself failed, do you just look at the long-term process that has brought them here? Um, you know, because I think you could argue the long-term process contributed to Jalen Brunson leaving, but it was the short-term absence of him and, and his departure and his lack of replacement you know that led to the roster not being good enough but then we can also look at the roster and say obviously there's players who were not as good they wouldn't have fixed everything and i think players is clearly the least to blame for this season but in a lot of ways the the, the roster being a failed roster even if the coaching was bad i don't know if good coaching would have saved this season you know, so you, you really have to go around in uh, in circles a little bit to to really decide in what order you think um, you know w- you would rank this, uh, even if it's you know not a precisely scientific poll. Uh, I think it's a fun exercise. It is a very good exercise. It's a good way to structure uh, a question. As someone who did a com research class way back when I was an undergrad, this is what we would call an excellent way to uh, get good data. What's 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 your ranking? Most to most to least blame. Ooh, uh, I'm going number one ownership. Number one is ownership. So the long term direction of the franchise, as mostly dictated or by most dictated out of everybody by Mark Cuban. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm probably going ownership. Front office that Javel deal was was bad. It's real bad. Sorry, you got to eat that one. You got one one big swing and you missed it and you didn't re-sign Jalen Brunson. I'm not putting actually all of not re-signing Jalen Brunson on the front office. That's actually kind of more in the ownership group for me. But still, front office, you, you built a roster. You, there was other moves outside of uh, losing Jalen Brunson. They could have made other moves to get their ball handler, other moves to make sure the roster was more diversified so they didn't feel so desperate to make a Kyrie Irving trade. I actually think the Kyrie Irving trade, I'm still, you know, I th- I think it's a necessary trade, a necessary evil, <laughs> for better for better framing of words. Um, but yeah, front office still big part to blame. It, they created a roster that just was not clearly from the jump, not one that was going to be balanced or good for the for an 82 game season. Then um, individual performances. <sighs> 
Man, I... Actually, there's, I might there's say a Luke, lot of I might, players I, who could have done better. I might say I might say players and then coaching. Yeah, because there's a there's a lot of players who, who underperformed. Luca specifically underperformed a lot in the second half of the season. Just didn't think his performance was very was very good in the second half of the season. Just didn't think he really had it in the way that he typically does as an MVP candidate. And, and if we're being honest, it's all connected to each other. Obviously, like there there is an intersectionality to this in in that. You know, the the front office's failure to put enough talent around him wore him down, which contributed him to not playing as well. And so, like, yes, there is a little bit of false uh, dictamen. Uh, How do you say that word? I don't think I've ever tried to say it out loud. Um, I don't know what word you're trying to dictomy? say. Dictomy? What? The, the, one, the one that starts with the D-I-C-H-O-T. Oh, dichotomy? Oh, Thank you. Oh my goodness! Wow, my, my brain. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I was, I was. Uh, I you were was, about I to was... pronounce that in a very funny way that would have been a great uh, audio clip. <laughs> I got halfway. Th- I got halfway through. I got the funny part out. Yeah, I think everybody heard the funny part. So uh, I, we're j- we're leaving this audio in. I, I'm absolutely going to make a fool of myself. I'm I'm at my parents' house. I'm all out of sorts. I'm I'm back in my high school brain. Um, yeah, d- dichotomy. Uh, you know, so. Like, all of these contributed to each other, so, like, truthfully, is is there, you know, is this the right way to do it? No, but I think, again, it's an exercise, you know, it's like, how, how do fans perceive this? I, I think that was the intent. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I could justify putting individual performances over, over coaching or behind coaching, but I, I get the argument, I, I really do, so... Yeah, the coaching was also you not know, great either. I, it's not right. because I feel good about the coaching. I, right. I think I also just I I tend to with any team attribute failures more to players than to coaching. I think coaching is a little more has a more marginal value, especially when I you agree have with that real talent on your team. Um, but the, the coaching also didn't didn't help didn't didn't elevate. I mean, I guess, I guess the coach the one thing for coaching you could say is that they elevated Jaden Hardy and they probably that was probably their one real success is that they really brought him along correctly and now they have an actual real player on the roster that might not have existed and that's a win but everything else as far as <laughs> coaching goes I, don't, I can't I can't really give any very many high remarks it's a you know it's funny it makes you kind of realize how many ways this season was bad is really what this exercise does it's just like there were there's not a lot of uh you don't come out of this season with a lot of bright spots and a lot of areas of strength or areas where well let's let's talk about then that well, let's let's talk about them. Let's 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 try to you know toss a little bit of optimism into this uh, podcast. What what was the best moment? I, I picked four. I picked four moments that I thought were clearly standouts, and that honestly, I suspect people um, will mostly pick one of these answers. But out of the four listed, did I list the right four first of all? And uh, which one would you choose? I think. The question to read it out loud is what moment from the, the this season felt best as a fan? And uh I, I should probably just say the answers here. It was Maxi's game winner against the Lakers, the Kyrie Irving trade, uh Doncic sixty points against the Knicks, and then that game against the seventy sixers where Doncic and, and Irving combined for eighty two. Those are the four four I picked. And I, I think, you know, there's there's a moment here or there. Um and there may be moments that our favorite moments to specific fans for specific reasons, you know, that are more personal. 
um, or, you know, they're at the game and they really enjoy, you know, there, there's a hundred different ways that, that a best moment could mean something different to a specific fan. But I think on a broad, uh, broadly speaking, those are probably the four high points, um, even more than the six game winning streak, you know, which I, I don't even initially I had always, on here. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I could probably, I can't recall very many of those seven game winnings. They were playing like the Rockets and the Spurs and I mean, Luke was going off, but it, it wasn't, you know, I don't think that memorable. Honestly, I'll say the Luka and uh, Kyrie 82 points versus the Sixers. It felt like they had a real star duo for the first. Honestly, like that was like one of the craziest duo games in Mavericks and franchise history. That was a crazy, crazy performance. It's a lot of fun. Made it feel like the Kyrie Irving trade was worth it. Like they could beat any team in a playoff series or in a couple of games and, and be challenging. I think it was one of the, the few moments where I think fans started to have hope for the team and feel like the team had a real direction and a real path forward. And it was a fun game. It was a fun Sunday afternoon game. The Sixers also are, are a good team. I think it was their last good win. Actually, no, Maxi's winner against the Lakers, but it was one of their last good wins of the season. And it happened in March. So that's not great, but <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun. I think that was like for me the high point. Maxi's game winner was a second, like it was a close second. It was a lot of fun. That also felt like maybe they were riding the ship and gonna go on a, a win streak to to end the season. It was a lot of fun to win in LA. It was a lot of fun because it was Maxi and he's been here for a long time and he's you know had a he had to come back from that hamstring injury. So I thought that was a lot of fun. The Doncic sixty point game, while the ending was unbelievably crazy that that they did that. The game in itself kind of stunk. <laughs> like, Feeling wise, yeah, but you, you don't you don't think the end just kind of powered through all of that? The end powered through all of that, but I'm saying it's just like a full experience. I think I enjoyed that Sixers game a lot more than I enjoyed the sixty point game. The sixty point game, sense. they were a minute from losing to the Knicks without Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Like that was, people were not in a good mood <laughs> watching the forty five minutes of that game. All right, I'm going to pick one grade, one player to grade because I think with the with the qualification on on this question being based on your own, you know, the expectations you had for him. How would you grade Christian Woods? Oh, I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> Honestly, Dwight Powell would also be a good option here because like Dwight Powell probably deserves an A. I Yeah, Dwight I did not expect him to play. I didn't not probably he does. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he was the he face of a talent. lot of the problems of this roster, and certainly he had a lot of games where he was not that good. But for someone who was DMP CD for, I believe, three of the first four games, like, I don't know how you don't give him an A. Just, just you know, I, I don't think most people are going to give him A's, but, like, just based off the expectations I had for him, like, far exceeded that. But let's let's do Christian Wood. Christian Wood. A good C. He was everything that I expected him to be. Just he truly met my expectations. Is so is that if he met my expectations, is that a C? Like he didn't exceed them, he didn't go below them. He actually perfectly met them. He was really talented. I absolutely saw why he thinks he's really good and he's an all-star in this league. Cause he is a very talented big man. He has a lot of skills. He's a very efficient scorer. I was honestly very impressed by his talent. And I also understand why every fan base is like, thank you, good luck at the end of the season. It it was <laughs> it's funny that he honestly really truly met my expectations. I think 
he he is what everyone kind of said he was. You know, that's I think he came as advertised. I, like I would almost consider a B. Like C's get degrees. I think for the way you described it, you're. I think the C is the the correct choice. But like, I would almost consider a B because like, yeah, he was a bench scorer most of the year. He he had a run as as a starter. Like I knew going into the year, I I understood not every fan you know understood or or believed that him coming off the bench was the right decision. But that was my my personal expectation for him, obviously framed as, you know, more of a reporter slash analyst of this team. And for him to have a really good run as a, a starter and to not cause any issues whatsoever, um, you know, throughout the season, uh, even though he was very, very clearly frustrated with his role and often being, you know, sub-press conference, sub-tweeted sub-tw- sub in a press conferences by his head coach, like... I think that you know all of all of that considered for him to finish the year with like averaging 16 points a game, like pretty good, pretty good. But uh, yeah, I think functionally C for you know there was there was hope he could be more, and, and that talent is there. And, and I, I've brought this up in a couple places. I still think it would be the funniest possible outcome to his free agency is if like the Miami Heat decide to sign him, which is to say like the the one franchise that is absolutely good at getting talent out of players. Um, I don't think Dallas, I, I don't, I think if they had really tried to do this, tried to extract a winning player out of Christian Wood's obvious talent, if they had really tried, I don't know if it would have worked. Um, I don't think they tried that hard. They just kind of threw him into that bench roll and said, score some when we need you to score. But um, I'd be curious if, you know, if there's one franchise that that committed to it, uh, but also had the winning culture and also had a, a defensive big man to pair with him, I would be really curious what would happen. Um, I have no clue if, uh, if Miami would even consider that for a second, and I think probably not. But I mean, they have you know, Kevin Love. They have Kevin Love now. Yeah, exactly. You know, they they you know they've got a they've got a J Crew model, a Banana Republic model, and then they've got a. You know, I don't. I don't think Christian Wood wearing Stussy would really fit in. <laughs> he's got he's got like full Thrasher sweatsuits. <laughs> and a, I will say, you know, Christian Wood being a Thrasher guy just does really a lot of stuff clicked in. Once I understood that, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Um, Honestly, here, if the Lakers had not made that Westbrook trade, I would think he would be a Laker next year. Yeah, but but since they have Vanderbilt now. And other bigs, I'm not sure if that works out, but maybe I think that's maybe another Vanderbilt place that... like couldn't like the exact opposite of a big man. Yeah, to Christian Wood, <laughs> like could not the, be the more inverse. diametrically opposed. <laughs> yeah, the inverse exactly. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, so if the Mavericks retain their 10th overall pick, would you prefer the team to keep or trade it? And when I'm asking this question, I'm assuming it's a trade that, you know, if you could make a trade for, you know, a clear third star that you have to make, of course you'd trade it. Um, if you could make a trade that everybody hates, you know, obviously everybody would rather keep it. Let's say it's just a good trade, you know, a trade that seems like it should work out and it gets you a proven veteran that fits the timeline more, uh, but maybe not a more talented player than, you know, the potential of a 10th overall pick. I know you've been looking at, at, at the draft a little bit more than me. So I'm, I'm curious. I, I haven't, I don't, I'm just starting to look into it and I, I don't have a clear vision yet of what the players around 10 are going to look like and who's going to be available there. I, what do you think on this? I have a few players that I like in the draft, but that I don't think are going to be at 10 because I think they're rising. I uh, do think Wimbenyama probably goes by then, yeah. I th- yeah, I think Wimbenyama's going to be gone by 10. <laughs> but okay. I, I also think I I would, because it's the top 10 pick, I'm trying to prioritize having a, a big wing. I think it's the most valuable asset or valuable player type that you can get with a pick in that range. And there's a couple good big wings in this draft, but they might be gone by 10. And if those players are gone, I would definitely like to trade this pick. Even if they, if, even if one of those players lands there, if they trade um, the top 10 pick for a starter who is under 26, 25, that's, that's a win for me. Cause that's, because also, even if you draft a really good player, even if you draft Brandon Miller, you move into the top three, it's still a rookie. It's still, it's still that player is still going to be a rookie next year. It's still going to take time for them to come along. It's still going to take a year, two years, three years for them to really, you know, be ready to to contend or compete. And if you're resigning Kyrie Irving, you maybe have two or three years to really make a, a significant push. So I, I think the sweet spot is really trading that pick for a guy that's under 25 that can be a starter. Maybe somebody like, I don't know, just random, like DeAndre Hunter. Somebody starter level, big wing, that's right. you know still on the, t- the preferred Luka timeline. How many, you know, like let's say they moved up to five 
in the lottery. You know, like four. You can't can't move up to five or four. You're right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's but let's say they pop up there, and like our everybody knows the the top three picks, and you know Wimbenyama is Wimbenyama. Uh, but Scoot Henderson, he's not a great fit with this team, nor is he. You know, you'd help them, but he's not a you know instantly NBA ready sort of player. He still has a lot of development. His jump shot's not there. Um. You know, Brandon Miller seems like he's the same way to you. Yeah, I think he's going to be a good player. And honestly, he's someone who would fit with Luka. But again, I think it's just... Yeah, his fit makes a lot of sense. But fit he's still makes a rookie. lot of sense, but it's yeah. just it's going to take some time. Quite honestly, if they don't get the number one pick, but they're like two, three, four, I'm using that pick to, to, you know, forgive all the sins of the past, all the sins of GM's past. We're, we're, we're trading for a pick. We're offloading salary, getting future picks. They they have so few assets that if they can turn this top ten pick into multiple good assets, especially if it's a top four pick, I think that's more valuable for this team than getting a rookie and bringing them in. As much as I like to build the draft, I would prefer to build the draft. I would prefer to them just draft players every single year and build up a really nice roster that way. They haven't done that, and they're not running out of time. But they they won't have uh, an asset this valuable probably again in the time that Luca is here. And so let's say if you got the number four pick and you trade the number four pick and our guy Bertons for OG and Anobi and the Raptors for number 14 pick. It's a good trade. I think that's pretty a pretty fair trade on both sides. You get your big wing. You still keep a, a late lottery pick and you, you get off of Bertans' salary. Like there's a lot of things that they can do if they get a top four pick to – kind of rectify some of their mistakes of the past and then also build up more assets so they have other things too because they, they're not one move away. They're like three, four moves away and they need to make a way to make those multiple moves. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's a the really good summation. Um, now, are they going to move up? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> not, that's not if they move up. <laughs> they could move down. They could have no pick. <laughs> Like they have, they have better odds to move down than up. I believe. I think it's no. I think oh, yeah. Actually, you're right. It might be better odds to move yeah. down and then move up. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm 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 looking stuff up as I as I go along. Yeah, they uh, three. Yeah, they've got about um. Twelve, fifteen percent chance to move up into the uh, top four, and. Uh, as we all know, twenty point two percent chance to move down. So, like, it's tough. And then it's 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 sixty six percent chance they stay put, Ooh. which is just like I mean that's the that's the new lottery odds, man. That that's 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 even a better way to look at it. Like, obviously everybody's, but like, yeah, it's a two or three chance that they stay where they are, and you know. And high and and if they if there's movement, it's high, it's more likely they move down than up. I mean that's man. It's uh, tough. It, it should it should be said, and this is an obvious statement, but uh, two Tuesdays from now is a really important day for the rest of the Mavericks uh, decade. Who who would you send to the lottery? Who do you think has the best vibe? Uh, send send Balfourgers. <laughs> <laughs> um. Can you can you trade for Boban by then and send him? <laughs> and there's there's the real vibes question. Um, for some reason, I don't like 
sending Theo Pinson, despite him nominally being the vibes guy this season, just doesn't feel like it's going to, you know, warrant the basketball gods shining favor upon them. Uh, I don't know what it is, but his type of good vibes doesn't seem like uh, it translates to getting odds. blessed in the lottery uh, <laughs> odds vibes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's I Boban. Think, I think I'd send Jaden Hardy. Okay, okay. I think he's got a pure innocent vibe. He's not he's not burdened by all the sins of the past of this franchise. He's just here. He's just having a good time. He's always smiling. Seems like he just likes having ba- just playing basketball and having fun. He honestly just <laughs> every time he talks, I'm like, oh, you're you're very much just like a 20 year old. Like you just having a good time. We all agree that Mark Cuban should probably not even be in the country. No, like, he should yeah. near Chicago at the time. He should be in a bunker, just <laughs> keeping his vibes away from the lottery. <laughs> Like like deep under the the Colorado mountains, <laughs> uh, some 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 bunker war room down there, and it's just like yeah no, his his vibe's got to be locked away. Um, try to see if anybody, oh, you know, you know, what if it was Mazman? Oh, we're losing the pick, and they're making us forfeit the next two picks. I, I I think it'd be worse. You know, it would be like it would be like you have to uh, you you get to move up to first and draft Wimbenyama, and then they're and then like on the stage they're like, ha, just kidding, you don't actually get him. <laughs> <laughs> they build up like this 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 like curtain they they pull out a, a rug pulled out from under, like that's that's how much of a transgression it would be to send. Uh, Mazman. I would say that it would look really funny for Mazman to be sitting up there amongst like a bunch of other just normal <laughs> people. <laughs> it would be the funniest visual and honestly the perfect way to describe this entire season. Just <laughs> I don't understand what everybody thinks is so weird about Mazman. He's a human basketball. Why is that why why can't y'all accept that? Quite honestly, it's a little insensitive. He fell in a he fell in a chemical pit. <laughs> Of basketballs when he was a young child, and that's just the way that he looks. Yeah, it's you know, it's like the makings of a Marvel movie, but Marvel rejected it. You know, his, <laughs> his superpower wasn't interesting enough. <laughs> he could just bounce really high. <laughs> it's sad. And that's that's why Mark Cuban took him in. You know, it's really it's it's the one good thing he's done. Yeah, honestly, it's not a Marvel movie. They need to do like um, you know, like something really heartwarming that goes on uh, uh that one channel. Uh, Hallmark. Hallmark is that movie. the channel? Hallmark. Hallmark does. They do movies, but what's the channel they always air the Hallmark movies on? The Hallmark Channel. Okay. Okay. That's okay. What... Okay. That... You've never All watched right, a I... you never watched a movie about a, a big city girl coming home and falling in love with her high school boyfriend? Anthropomorphic <laughs> basketball. <laughs> All right. This has been enough. It's the off season. Uh, it's time. It's time it to discuss Hallmark season. movies. <laughs> it is. It is. And uh, the Mavericks have been one that ends with about 30 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> so you don't get the heartwarming <laughs> ending. That's what this past season was. <laughs> like the, the final 30 minutes. When, you know, all the every, all the sins get, get rectified and, and, the, and they fall back in love with each other. Yeah, didn't get that part. Didn't get that part this season at yeah. all. But it's not great. If they send Jaden Hardy to the lottery, his vibes are so good, they're gonna move up and maybe that'll be kind of the, the happy ending, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alright, well that's our official prediction for the lottery. Um 
we'll definitely be back with an episode um after the lottery i think that's important to discuss because once that happens it really frames what happens the rest of the summer the off season uh so so look for us then uh we may have an episode next week as well uh but in the meantime appreciate y'all listening appreciate the patience We'll see ya. He plays Fortnite just like me. I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future. The future is Luke, a big dick Donchich from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you have? Don't fight the future. It tears me apart. Don't fight the Future, please be nice to Luca. Future four-time MVP. Um, and so we we take the analytics um, and look at everything you guys write. 